We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Raptors Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sean Davis, joined as always by my friend Luca Rosano. Luca, first off, welcome back in as always. And we got a lot to talk about as the Raptors demolish the Spurs and fall short against the Luka Doncic led Mavs. But uh, first, Luca, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. And uh, yeah, it, it was crazy to see uh, the two games in contrast, right? The Raptors absolutely dominate the Spurs, who were like a good Spurs team coming in. Let's give them some credit. They were yeah. an attacking Spurs team that many people thought they were going to be. Raptors able to put up 143 points, large in margin of victory in franchise history on the road. And then they go from that to just a nail biter of a game against Luka Doncic, who is just putting up absurd numbers, another game with 30 plus points. I mean, there were some highlights that were circulating online of the Raptors doing whatever they could to try to guard him. And he was just making video game shots. Like it's incredible to see this guy play. There's a reason why Luca is one of my favorite players in general, just to watch. I mean, this guy is literally a video game type player. Literally, man. And I'm, I'm sitting here trying to wrap my brain around, like, how do you, scheme trying to beat Dallas right now like if Luke is playing like this and you're going to a Dallas Mavericks game like do you just throw your hands up and you're like Luke is gonna go get 40 but he can't there's nothing we could do to stop that it's just pray and hope he misses some shots because Luca has uh been incredible and really since he got in shape last season um throughout midway through the year he's been legitimately unstoppable ever since but um this is not a Dallas Mavericks show. This is a Toronto's a Toronto Raptors show. And, I mean, let's just start off. We're on the bright spot here. Um, the absolutely, you know, destroy the San Antonio Spurs, 143 to 100, in a game that was close to the first quarter, and then the Raptors said, okay, let's stop playing around. They outscored the Spurs by 14 in the second, 19 in the third, and 9 in the fourth. They scored over 30 points in all four quarters and had 40 points in the third and 39 in the fourth. So, uh, man, Luca, the offense, turning it around, playing really, really well. I mean, I'm not sure if there is a big takeaway from a game where you win by 43, but, I mean, like, what were your thoughts from this game? I liked how the Raptors had two games, going back to the other one they won against the Hawks, where, like, they were able to rest their starters in the fourth. The Hawks, they took out their starters midway through the fourth, and then this one, the entire fourth quarter. I mean, anytime that happens, you're in a really good position, and it's great to see, and I know the Raptors haven't had – the luxury of being in many of those games because this is a team that plays in more of the games they played in Friday than they did in the 
games they brought the game they played on Wednesday. But yeah, uh, my takeaway from this Siakam once again playing at an all time high level. We're going to talk more about him um, when we get to the mass part. But he's just been putting up stellar numbers. He put it out into the universe. He wants to be a top five player. He's not far off right now, in my opinion. He's just doing everything. The defense can't stop him. He's getting to where he wants to get to. He's making free throws now. He had another triple-double in that Wednesday win against the Spurs, the second of the season. Uh, he's just been doing great things. Scotty Barnes, once again, ran the point. Fred Van Vliet has now missed three games. Raptors are 2-1 and one during that stretch. And Scotty just does so many great things with the ball in his hands. He hit a, a running lob to Coloco, found Boucher for a couple of buckets. Uh, this guy's starting to hit his three-point shot, made five in that game against the Hawks uh, on Monday. He's just continuing to get better, and I think he's showing Raptors fans that he could very well be the future point guard of this team. His size, uh, how he's able to move with the ball, and I love how he's just able to run things in transition. It's like a very like fast-paced go-go-go. Obviously, he still has areas where he's got to improve with his decision-making, but overall, I mean, he plays with such electricity to him, and I know this is going to be a very big stretch saying, but like, there's moments where he resembles like a Magic Johnson, just like with the way he's able to carry himself and just make some of the passes and plays at his uh, size. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see those two guys click for the Raptors. Uh, OG, we're going to talk about him more. He's now had three straight solid games, including the one against the Mavs. Like, he has been so uh, good to watch. Defensively, he has been stellar. He had 11 steals in the two games against the Hawks and the Spurs. He's hitting the shot, which you said off air is great to see. Um, so, yeah, this Raptors offense has looked good, and uh, they have definitely looked the part despite missing Fred Van Vliet. So, uh, yeah, I mean – they just absolutely beat down the Spurs. And you need a win like that every once in a while. And the Raptors finally got one. I mean, to win by 43 points. I know the Spurs were missing uh, Sal and um, uh, jo uh, Johnson, I believe. But they, they were – like, they're still the Spurs. They're still head coached by Greg Popovich. This is a team that plays hard till the very end. So to be able to beat a Greg Popovich-coached Spurs team by 43, I don't care if they're supposed to be a tanking team. That's impressive to me. Yeah, good good note on your part. Yeah, there was no Devin Vassell and there was no Kelvin Johnson. Probably their two best players right now. Uh, not probably, they are the two best players right yeah. now. So a good point. But um, once again, like you mentioned, Pascal Siakam, a triple-double in 28 minutes. Like you said, you know, he didn't need to play really in the fourth quarter at all. Um, also, this is our first look at Otto Porter Jr. who got his first minutes of the season, 11 minutes in this game. He played in 22 minutes against the Dallas Mavericks, so at uh, 21 minutes, excuse me. So he's starting to slowly get integrated into the fold and into how the Raptors uh, operate things. Again, he has a uh, – he signed for a part of their non-taxpayer level exception, I believe, well, it was two years for $12 million, I believe, or it was one for six and a half with a player option. Um, so uh, Otto Porter Jr., good to see him out on the floor. Another guy with some length and size that can knock down the three ball and defend at a capable level. Um, but now let's uh, kind of shift gears because it's not too, too much to talk about from this first game. But like Luca mentioned, uh, Scotty Barnes is the point guard, continuing to show great things. Um, and then Gary Trent Jr. having a really nice game, 24 points in this game against the Spurs in 26 minutes, hit, knocked on a couple of threes. And uh, yeah, Delano Benson, uh, 13 points off the bench. So some solid contributions. Also, Chris Boucher, he had 17, knocked on a few threes, and he's starting to really – play well over these last couple of games. So we mentioned him, I believe, Luca in the last podcast that came out earlier in the week. So, um, you know, some, some positive signs with a lot of these Raptors players. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And I guess, yeah, we'll segue out of the Mavs game uh, just to get into it here. And going back to what I said about OG, let all scores with 27. It was great to see OG do his thing. And when OG is able to find his offense, he is such a dynamic player because we know he's going to bring it every single night defensively. Even when he's having like a quote unquote off night defensively, he's still laser focused. Whereas his offense has always been like that gamble where it's like, which OG are we going to see? And like I said, three straight games now, Sean, where he's really looked the part on both ends. He's been that complete player. And that's a huge X factor for this Raptors team. We just talked about how Siakam's their best player. Scotty Barnes is that emerging star player as well. If OG can now come onto the scene with Fred Van Vliet out and, and do this, I mean, that is great to see. So, yeah, he was spectacular in the slight loss against the Mavs. Got to credit the Raptors, though. They fought hard. They fought back. They were down by, I think, as many as 15. It looked like this game was going to get out of hand, especially since the Raptors did lose Siakam, who would have had a triple-double if he played the full game. Um, you know, they fight hard. They make the Mavs earn into the fourth quarter. So I'm actually okay with this loss. It proved that the Raptors just never go away. They never give up. And they had this game uh, for the taking at, at one point in the fourth quarter. So, uh, yeah, like kudos to them. It was a great comeback attempt. But I guess my takeaways from this – Sean, are uh, I hope the injury scares don't linger. So P uh, Pascal Siakam did leave. Um, I don't think we've gotten a real update on his status moving forward as of yet, as the time of uh, us recording this podcast. But the Raptors do have a tough back-to-back -back against the Bulls coming up. So I would love to see Siakam play in those games. And then the other one is uh, Scotty Barnes. He was, uh, you know, he tweaked that ankle again. Obviously, he's had some past history with that ankle uh he was able to get a triple double uh despite the fact but those are two guys that the Raptors need uh if they want to win these next couple of games which we'll get to later being very important games as uh, November is going to get tough uh soon enough um but yeah those two guys in particular I mean hopefully it's just uh, minor scares and that's it and it doesn't linger into uh, the next game so I mean, let's not forget, too, the Raptors are already dealing with Fred, who's missed the last three. Yeah, and really quickly, going on to your point about OG, the last four games, so going back to that Philly loss, he's averaging 19.5 points on 50.8% on 50 from the field on roughly 15 shots and shooting 39% from three while averaging just under seven rebounds a game and four and a half steals, four and a half steals a game. So, OG, like you said, Luca, over the past four, starting to put some stuff together. By the way, this is an insane stat. Three consecutive games with five or more steals from OG and Anobi. Three straight games with at least five steals. And, I mean, go figure. You know, the Raptors won two out of three. And he has a season high last night, 21 points, 27 points. Um, and, again, to go along with those five steals and seven rebounds. So, OG being aggressive on both ends of the floor, I think ultimately is a good thing for the Raptors' uh, success because, you know, OG, like we mentioned, he's a guy where, like, like you said, Luca, which OG are you going to get every single night? If you get the OG that's aggressive and looking for a shot, more often than not, I feel like the Raptors benefit from that because it opens the floor up and now you got to worry about another player instead of OG just being a spot-up guy. Yeah, no, that's perfectly sad. And actually, I want to give a shout out to to Chris Boucher. You touched on him last game against the Spurs having a, a great outing. He had another great game in this one. Uh, you know, he put up 17 points, 
Uh, nine rebounds was a team best plus 20. I know we've talked about like the plus minus being overrated, but still team best plus 20 in 29 minutes. He's been the Raptors best bench player. And I think that's important because it is going to take Otto Porter Jr. some time to get back uh, into the rhythm. He did have a, a nice outing, six points in 21 minutes, but did some other good things out there on the court. So until, you know, that comes to fruition, Boucher has been that reliable bench player that the Raptors have counted on more times than not. It was great to see Precious Achua have a solid game of 15 and eight from off the bench. So uh, those two bench pieces in particular really stepped up uh, when the Raptors needed them to. Gary Trent Jr. had a, an off night in terms of scoring, only had 12 points. I mean, he's that one guy that like just put up straight points and then just have like no assists or no rebounds. Like he's literally a straight shooter. It's, it's, it's great to see. Um, and then Coloco had two points, two rebounds. So, yeah, I thought like Achua and Boucher, just like him being consistently reliable from off the bench for the Raptors. And I can't speak enough about how crucial of a re-signing that was for Toronto. There were many teams who were interested in Boucher. And I think the Spurs were actually one of them. And to be honest with you, Sean, like I thought Boucher wasn't going to be back. I thought he was going to get a compelling offer from another team just because of how good of a previous season he had. So when I did see the Raptors bring he and Thad Young back, those were big, but yeah. particularly Boucher, who so far has looked the part and he is continuing from where he last left off last season. And I mean, if it's not Boucher from off the bench, yeah, he's been the real consistent piece from off the bench. Outside of that, there has not been a whole ton of consistency. Yeah, it, it's, and I talked about this in the off season. It's so awesome that they were able to retain both of them. Like, I was like, you know what? You'll probably be able to get one back. It's just more about, hey, like, do you want to bring back that? Do you want to bring back Chris? Because I didn't think you'd be able to bring back both of them for the same reason you just mentioned, Luke. Like, thought they would get, a, a, especially Chris, a, a pretty lucrative deal. Uh, Chris kind of turned the second, uh, second half of the season around last year, played great basketball. And the Raptors and Masai Ujiri was able to retain not only him, but Thad Young, who was a pivotal mid-season acquisition for the Raptors. So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, Chris has been incredible these past two games. Again, back-to-back 17-point outings. And uh, now the Raptors have a big-time game and a big-time back-to-back coming up against the Chicago Bulls, which we're about to get into. But, uh, Luke, any closing thoughts from these first two, from these last two games that we just witnessed from the Raptors? Yeah, I'm happy with it. And again, I'm not demoralized by the loss against Dallas. Like if Luka Doncic isn't in this incredible video game type run right now, the Raptors win that game. Like he puts up 35 points, even if he has somewhat of a less than normal outing and he scores, I don't know, like 31 points, the Raptors win this game. So it truly goes back to just Luka being on such an incredible personal run that that's why the Mavs win this game because the Raptors came back, stormed back in the fourth. I thought they were going to take it, um, just, you know, given how they're a team of momentum. So, yeah, they get the two back-to-back dominating blow wins. Uh, you know, the Hawks, they're no scrub team. Okay, you can make the case the Spurs are because they're missing their two best players and they are quote-unquote tanking. But still, you can't undermine the fact that two back-to-back blowouts are impressive. And then this very valiant effort against a Mavs team that was playing at home with, again, Luca playing literally outstanding basketball. I think you take that, uh, again, given the circumstances that Siakam did leave the game. If he plays the full game, the Raptors most probably win this game. So, Yeah, really quickly to add on to your Spurs point, I don't think the Spurs and the Jazz know how to tank. Like They need to like go to class and retake college courses on how to tank because 
They're, they're, they're winning a little too much for my liking. Go ahead, suck. Yeah, I do. I will say this. Yeah, it's funny because the Spurs, actually the Jazz beat your Lakers the other night. But I will say this. I know this is a Raptors show, but I just want to make this quick point. I think the Jazz are more legit than the Spurs. I think the Spurs will fall off a bit. But, man, the Jazz are crazy right now. Like, no one saw that coming. Like, they're 7-3. and And they're, like, they've beaten good teams. A part of this, like, stretch. It's insane. Yeah, no, and I mean, again, the last thing I'll mention about the Jazz, they're they're playing good basketball, like you mentioned, man. Like Will Hardy's doing an incredible job over there. Um, I was just as a basketball analysis, I thought that was a great hire, um, and I, I I still don't believe like this team wanted it from like an organizational standpoint. I don't believe they wanted to be this good, but I mean, they might have to like if they keep winning games, they might just have to ride this out. Yeah. And just keep, you know, winning because it's going to get a point. And I don't know when that point is coming up, but it's going to come a point where you're like, okay, crap, we're winning. We won way too much at the start of the season. So we're running out of time. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And, like, you know, I, I could see them being a playing team. But, yeah, that's it for the Jazz. We'll get into uh, these next two games, which I told Sean off air, like, I think the Raptors got to go out and win both these games. Now, I know, like, after these games against the Bulls, actually looking at the schedule now, they have three favorable matchups. They got the Rockets, Thunder, and Pacers. So, actually, I mean, they're not must-win games, but that would be gravy and money in the bank if you can go out there, beat the Bulls, even split against the Bulls, and then you know you got an opportunity to reel three straight wins. Although, I mean, if there's one thing I'm worried about looking at the schedule, I actually like when I see the Raptors play against higher caliber teams because I don't know what it is, but like this Rockets, Thunder, Pacers, Pistons stretch, although it seems gravy on paper, I just feel like the Raptors, like when they play against lesser competition, they don't bring their actual A game. Yeah. And then you look at how the schedule's kind of – shaped out it's really really weird so from sunday to saturday you got chicago chicago that's a back-to-back then you get a day off and it's houston then you get a day off and it's okc and then you have a back-to-back flying from oklahoma city to indiana and then it's just one day off and then you got to get ready for detroit in detroit so this upcoming stretch is a lot of favorable matches but it's a tough stretch in terms of travel and lack of rest honestly because again from Sunday to Saturday, so in a seven, what, seven-day period, you get, what, 
two days off. Really? You get that Tuesday off, you get that Thursday off. So um, it's a tough stretch, five games in seven days, um, albeit again, and really six six games in eight days. So you count in that uh, six games in nine days, I think. Be counting that Pacers game. I mean, Pistons game on the 14th. So this is a really, really tough stretch coming up for the Raptors, not in terms of, again, the competition they're playing, but in terms of the lack of rest and just the travel, honestly, because a few of those games are on the road, too. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think these uh, this next six game stretch is crucial. The Raptors got to go, I think, four and two, five and one, because yeah. looking ahead even further than after these six games, they got arguably another seven game gauntlet. So wrapping up that six game stretch, the favorable six game stretch we're talking about on Monday, November 14th against the Pistons, which is not going to be an easy game because the Wayne Casey owns this team. The Raptors have another gauntlet. It would ha- they have the Heat. The Hawks, the Nets, the Mavs, the Cavs, the Pelicans, and the Nets. So what I'm getting at here, if the Raptors don't take care of the business in those six games, you have a seven-game gauntlet. All of a sudden, like, that's a tough, tough schedule. And then you have the Magic, which is a winnable game, but then you got Celtics and Lakers. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Favorable at the start of November, but then it just, like, falls back to that gauntlet later on. Man, really quickly, like, what – the Raptors, when is there just, like, month in the season where they, like, have nobody good? Where is that month at? I don't think it's uh, this year. March? Yeah. I, for the rest of the year, it's going to be a lot of, like, you know, staggered comp- competition. Yeah. But not even March, really, because you have this massive road trip, OKC, Milwaukee. And, I mean, March is a little easier, but that road trip even is, like, tough. Maybe February? I don't know. But, like, the Raptors' schedule – is the gauntlet because then you look in, in December, like after that Lakers game, it's you know, you got a couple of favorable ones, but the end of December is gonna be a gauntlet. So the Raptors, they gotta get these easier wins where they can, because like you said, Luke, you got this six-game stretch stretch, we just described in some ways might be actually a tough one. Um, and then you got a seven-game gauntlet in terms of competition. Yeah. Um, granted, a, a decent amount of those games are at home. Uh, Miami's at home, Brooklyn, Dallas, Cleveland at home, and then Boston and the Lakers at home. But you got to take care of these games, especially the ones coming up against Chicago, Houston, and Oklahoma City, and then Indiana as well. Dwayne Casey owns the Raptors per Luka, so um, no expectations for that game. Yeah, like I said, I know it's lofty expectations, but I think the Raptors got to go 5-1 and one during the sixth game. Or, okay, 4-2 and two to be reasonable. But I think um, they definitely got to split uh, against Chicago. And I think they will. I, th- I think I, I I would not even be surprised if they take both against Chicago. Like, I have my opinions about the Bulls. Like, I know they're just a regular season team. I know DeRozan is, like, going to show up against the Raptors. So, yeah, I think that's my official prediction. I, I think they split with the Bulls. I think DeRozan does have, like, one unreal game that, like, single-handedly wins it for the Bulls. But I'd be happy with that if they split against the Bulls and then during that four-gamer – if they were to lose against the Pistons and then took those other three, I'd be I'd be happy with a four and two stretch. I think that's realistic. Yeah, Luke. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap things up? I know it's kind of a shorter one, but more of a recap and preview for next week, and then we'll talk about the uh, we'll recap the games a little more in depth uh, after next week. But uh, Luke, anything else before we wrap things up, man? No, overall solid uh, basketball we've seen. I'm content with what I've seen so far from the Raptors. Five and four, given their strength of schedule this far, I think is very fair. 
And uh, I think this team is a dangerous one. And I think once everybody's kind of back together, fully healthy, uh, they'll be one to be reckoned with. And I know we didn't even talk about like the biggest thing that like Raptors fans have been talking about amongst themselves. And I guess we'll save this for another show, but like the whole Fred Van Vliet thing, people thinking or saying, oh, the Raptors are better without Fred Van Vliet. And to which I say, I mean, the Raptors are better with Van Vliet for what he does with his playmaking and veteran leadership, his defense. And I know it's easy to overreact to two games without him, but he's still an all-star player. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I just want to say that in closing, like Fred Van Vliet's still an integral part of this team. And I truly believe the Raptors are better with him. And that was showcased when the Raptors lost uh, game six, the one they did against Philly because their offense just fell apart. And although he's in a funk, Van Vliet's still – this team's like best pure shooter when you need a bucket so yeah right. that's my bit on that no no absolutely i am in agreement with that and yeah for sure we'll definitely touch on that because i mean I, I just don't think you can say that fred van Vliet, this team is better without fred it's like it's like almost saying remember last year look out the grizzlies you know we're what were they like 20 and 5 without jaw and like you know, some mainstream media is like, oh, the oh the Grizzlies better out Jaw. Does that hurt Jaw's value? No, it doesn't. It just means they're like resilient and they're deep. Like that has nothing to do with Jaw. Yeah. So, and like, then look what happened in the playoffs when Jaw right. was missing, and the Warriors took care of business. So uh, yeah. same thing as the Fred thing about like regular season versus playoffs. Right. You need Fred hundred percent if you want to go deep in the playoffs. And upset. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you mentioned, Luca, like this Raptors got a couple of games on on the Sixers. Yes, but. We saw that that there was a different Raptors team when Fred VanVleet was banged up and hobbled, and honestly, that's why I think they sputtered to start off that series. And you know, Freddie just did not look right, and that's why I think it's so pivotal that he's able to stay healthy, and because um, he he is really really vital to the Raptors' success if they want to make a deep playoff push. Yep, agreed. All right, right. Well, comment down below since we're talking about Fred VanVleet. How important is Fred VanVleet to this team's? Uh, I'm gonna say title hopes and just ability to have a deep playoff run. Comment down below on YouTube if you guys are listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to this podcast. Give us a five star rating and reviews the easiest way to help out the show. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.